everybody. Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett. Everyone loves board. This is Rob at Killing in the Name of... I should just use this as the intro theme from now on. Constant background music. Rub mouth and rage against the machine. That's better than any political analysis you're going to get on any other podcast. If it's If I was wrong about that... Come back, I'll refund your Patreon. But it's not getting better than that. <laughs> fucking Rage Against the Machine voice is, is all I have to say about, about most things anymore. By the way, Cuomo is opening up gyms in seven days in New York City. Excellent. De Blasio, less than a month, we're doing schools. My mom made it on TV in Florida because she was the first school opening for DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, it's weird that everyone's like cheering me like I'm a hero. I'm like, why do you think that is? Oh, my God. Iowa had this uh, massive storm roll through, this Derrico roll through and destroy like a third of the state. And their governor decided she needed four or five days to respond. That governor, by the way, if you're like, oh, well, you should do something about that. You should vote. That person wasn't elected to the first place. The reason the governor of Iowa is there is because they were handpicked after the previous governor became an ambassador. She originally got in as governor because she was handed the position and then... As incumbent, it was easier for her to win a uh, full term in 2018. So, you know, whether or not you vote, it kind of is irrelevant if someone hands the fucking job to another politician. That's how Pelosi got in too, right? Yep. Uh, Pelosi had been a really big fundraiser for the Dems. And then, um, and then the, the longtime person who held the seat died, passed it on to his wife. And then when his wife died, the wife passed on to Pelosi along with their entire machine. So Pelosi had one remotely difficult campaign, which was that first one. But she was awash in all the money and she had the local Democratic machine. And since then, she has never been within, I want to say, like 30 points of losing. Hey, guys, this next song's called Maria. The <laughs> song's about a little place maybe you never heard of called Latin America. <laughs> You could basically learn to be a better person by listening to like 90s alt rock. Like Rage Against <laughs> the Machine taught you geography because I guarantee you half the like Radom fans had no idea where these countries were until there was a riff about the plight of indigenous people there. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park taught you about mental health. Corn uh, taught you that you need to be a good dad. <laughs> Basically, that's what every one of those songs is about. Like, be a better dad, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Rage Against the Machine is, is the answer. Because I don't know what the other answers are. Like you said, fucking go vote. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that. I, I know there's a postal service thing coming. Is that what's coming? Oh, yeah. Postal I'm, service. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm looking real. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear you out. But this is fucking three of my least favorite. We got libs debating... <laughs> The post office. That's three strikes already. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. It's I as soon as people started going like the post office, I'm like, why do you libs care? Why does what what I don't follow this story at all. I literally know nothing about this. Explain it to me. I will. So I was sorry, I just had a moment there where one half of my brain sent sent the electrical signal down to my my tongue and jaw to say the word I've been tweeting about it, and the other half of my brain just just Sir Primal screaming as the electrical Along signal. with Sleep Now in the Fire, number one rage <laughs> video. Them and Michael Moore shut down the, the stock exchange at 3 p.m. Most trading was done, but it, they still shut it down. Uh, oh, yeah, Postal Service. So this is actually like, weirdly, uh, I worked with them for when I was doing government consulting. They were my first client. Can I get a, a sound drop of just the, yeah! 
<laughs> scream from Sleep Now in the Fire. <laughs> I just want to hit it every time Nancy Pelosi talks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I, I used to work uh, with the Postal Service. Uh, I do actually know how their internal system works in D.C., which is what the problem is right now. And this is different from the way you worked with the Postal Service back at FSU, which was uh, fake nodding deeply as you put it on in your uh, cinder block dorm room. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> it's sparse in here, but it's sparse everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> this is a disgusting man that all of you have been listening to. <laughs> They know. Uh, the reason all the libs are freaking out right now is because uh, the Postal Service is, in their minds, being gutted aggressively before an election in which it'll mostly be mail-in ballots, thanks to the pandemic. If that is allowed to continue, most of the major urban centers, a lot of those votes are just going to be lost, which makes it a lot easier for Republicans to win. Isn't that basically what has happened to... Like every minority voter in this country in every election all the way back. Yeah. 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 Interesting how now suddenly it's an issue. See, I, this is what I suspected. That's why it like, yes, I, I know whatever it is is probably horrible and undemocratic, but that's like our default mode. That's like when you're swimming at the beach and it starts raining and someone goes like, oh, better come in. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> By what logic? The, the process of voting has already been so alienating for so many people like between between gerrymandering and the fucking voter suppression stuff and the the goddamn apps and the primaries and where they actually put the limited polling stations yep. it's already been gamed to hell by the, the powers that be it, so it's sort of funny that the the one group of people that that looks at voting as this talismanic thing like in their mind it's like well the orange orangutan but it's okay i've got my I've got my mail-in ballot here. Come on, kids, put down those Krasenstein books where we depict fucking Daddy Muller as a buff young man for some reason. Come all in and sit around the fireplace. You know, sometimes America can go off course and you just recite some vaguely Catholic incantation that, that Stephen Colbert said when he's not busy <laughs> laughing at fucking pop stars. And, and you go, oh, but we can always get back on the right path, you know, because, you know, America... It's also a nation of forgiveness and humility and, and healing and just <laughs> and then you could take your ballot and your, your son could could write Joe Biden on it. And then you could put you walk down to the corner mailbox on the Upper West Side and you can put it in and you can nod and you can go like, that's good. Now, let's get these fucking Hondurans off the sidewalk so we can get to brunch. <laughs> the fact that that talismanic moment. That, that once every, that Olympiad of nonsensical democracy participating, to have that robbed from them must really have them up at arms. Because it's been a slow slide of just like, okay, well, we made it harder to vote and harder to vote and fewer people are voting. But none of this actually really touches me and most of my interests seem to be mm -hmm. met because most of the time I don't pay attention to politics. But now there's a, a heel guy I really don't like and I want to get him out of here. So this time I kind of care about voting. What, it's difficult? Well, that's ridiculous. Who do I talk to about this? <laughs> the post office got to this place not because Trump took over and fucked them, right? It got to this place because in 2006, in the lame duck session that happened right before the Democrats took over the House, there was a bill that was passed called H.R. 6407. Yep, there's nothing funny about that combination of numbers. <laughs> uh, and it was a second attempt at passing the same law. There was a previous one earlier in the year. Uh, I believe it was H.R. 22. And 
virtually identical. Uh, and what happened with that one is it passed through the house um, pretty much unanimously. Everyone voted for it. All your faves who were in the house at the time, Bernie Sanders, Barbara Lee, they all voted for that version, the HR 22 version. It got to the Senate. The Senate wanted to make some changes. And so they ended up not agreeing on the changes and it died. But because both parties really wanted to make this happen, it came up again during the lame duck session. And uh, that original bill, as far as I can tell, has almost the exact wording for this pre-funding thing we're talking about. And the pre-funding is this concept that the Postal Service has to count as a liability on their books the pensions of every single person that is currently working for them or might work for them for the next 65 years or 70 years. It was something insane like that, which is an absolutely debilitating amount of money to say that every time you hire someone, you need to pay out their pension and have it on the books as like this massive liability for 60 plus years. But the underlying uh, motive behind all of this is that both parties want to privatize the Postal Service or at least privatize the vast majority of the work they've done. The Dems have been on the privatized public services for years. That's that's still one of their main motivations when they get in power. Um, they are in lockstep. This is one of those things where like, I talked about harm reduction on the bonus. This is what I'm talking about. They are totally on the same page with this particular harm. Democrats run all of New Orleans and they've 100% privatized their school system. It's garbage. It's all charters now. Yeah, the entire school system post-Katrina, the way that they fixed it, quote unquote, was to privatize all of it. You can kind of see flashes of that with Cuomo in New York because the school system looks like it might be fucked. And he's like, well, we'll have Google come fix it, which sounds a lot to me like he's going to sell the entire school system to Google at some point. Yeah. And, and that is the way that this is going. We talk sometimes about how there's trends and you go like, damn, that's fucked up. And then nothing ever happens and it, it comes to pass. Yeah. It, most people speaking in your dem leaders ears are pro privatization of everything from fucking your your water supply and utilities to your schools to your healthcare to the postal service exactly uh but so the first bill that they they tried to push that 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 one i mentioned hr 22 that didn't end up succeeding we have the votes for that so you can look at it and go like oh basically everyone voted for this the one that did end up passing just coincidentally they used a process called voice vote which means the Speaker of the House just goes like, hey, yays or nays, and people just go, yay. And then you hear a slightly less loud nanny goes, all right, fine, that passes. And that's it. Uh, so there's a video of this, and it's pretty clear there's an, the yays definitely have it. There are times when voice votes are ways to pass bills, even when there's no fucking way that they have the actual support to do that. That's usually a state legislature thing. They'll ram stuff through and they'll be like, yeah, the yeas have it. And you're like, that sounds like an even split. Um, this was one where like, no, they definitely had the majority support. And then bizarrely, Mike Pence gets up because he was in the house at the time and says like, hey, I'd like to have a, a record of who voted for this. And it's so clear that he wants to use this to beat people with later, which in this instance, uh, yeah, Stop clock is right. We should have a public record of every fucking vote you people take. And uh, that requires, that motion requires people to stand up and say like, whether you're for or against it, that motion failed. And you can hear the fucking cheers when everybody realizes their vote will not be tallied. It's so fucking grim. That's in the house. It goes to the Senate and the Senate passed it by what is called unanimous consent, which basically means every single Senator had the opportunity a single one could say like, no, fuck this. And it requires a much more laborious voting process. Nobody did that. Who was in the Senate at the time? Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden. All of those people were in the Senate 
And this passed with fucking unanimous consent in the Senate, the bill that fucked the Postal Service. So this concept that like all of a sudden the Dems are concerned about it is horseshit. So that's the first bill that passes, right? Yeah, the thing about transparency right now is it kind of, it's in an interesting place because if there is a bipartisan consensus on certain harms and there are steps, we're not the final form of harm, then it must logically follow that there have to be intermediate steps of harm along the way to where we're going, which is like mega hell, I guess, compared to where we are now. But the Dems have traditionally been the party of like transparency. Like Obama was like, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, which was a nice campaign promise before he got in there and and locked down the entire national security state. He crushed whistleblowers harder than any other president before him. But right now, Dems are in a spot where if you call for transparency congressionally and and you want to actually see the rolls on votes, the Republican base does not give a fuck. You can just go... Yeah, I did what I had to do. And like the right wing will be like, yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Dems are the ones that are like, well, I mean, how can you finance it at this levels without considering that like Republicans like Mike Pence are always going to be able to stand in front of Congress now and go like, let's let's do a, a full roll call vote. Because it's not going to hurt me. It won't hurt my side, but I, I bet you guys have to put on a pretty face for the people on MSNBC, right? So good luck. Degree of difficulties much tougher for you get used to seeing that because it's not like the dems are going to start standing up for their ideals they're going to keep sliding yeah and so either we embrace uh, a new world of even less transparency like systemically or you're going to see a lot more of these uh, uh slick voice only votes and unanimous consents the fact that we have on the rolls the afghanistan votes right for the uh what was it? The AUMF. The fact that we have those votes on the rolls is kind of amazing because that they did have enough consensus that they could have slammed it through on voice vote. I think there was a little, there was a bit more presumed decorum back there. Like there was this fear that, well, I mean, the, the American body politic, they can't just, you know, we can't just go to war without, you know, on the record voting. Hey, I bet you could. <laughs> I bet next time you don't need to do that. Yeah, I bet, I bet you can get away with it. Uh, so there's been a bunch of bullshit about the intermediate steps since that law passed, the people who run the Postal Service, a lot of them are appointed by the president and then approved by the Senate or Congress. And Obama's appointees, a bunch of them got blocked by Bernie Sanders. So Dr. Jason Johnson, who you might remember, he was on MSNBC. He got booted when Bernie campaign was doing well because he referred to um, Bree and Nina Turner as the island of misfit black girls or something like that. That was him. Same dude. Real piece of shit. Um, he was promoting this conspiracy from what well, it was basically a Heritage Foundation article that Bernie blocked it because, you know, he was he was too much of a pure leftist and he just ruined everything. And he's the one who kept those seats open that allowed Donald Trump to get his people in and ruin the post office. I hate when the when the left is the fucking handmade into fascism turns to <laughs> one decrepit old Jewish man under a spotlight. Shame on you, left. How could you do this? <laughs> I can't believe you. As you would expect, what it actually was is that every single Obama appointee was on the books talking about privatizing the Postal Service. And Bernie was like, could we not get them to be that open about it? That was basically it. I listened to my first episode of of Pod Saves America the other day. They've half privatized their own pod. It is literally just ads for like Salesforce, ZipRecruiter, 
Because it's like, you're probably a small businessman that's looking for great new cheap hires, huh? And then I shit you not, Soylent. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that they think, you know, FedEx can do a better job of drop kicking your package against the door than the USPS can. By the way, that show, even I thought I would be like hate listening, but it's, it's just boring. It's like, it's hate listening in the same way that you hate listen to the cosmic microwave background come out of your TV when you don't have it set up right. Like, yeah, you could have an emotion about this, but you're literally responding to nothing. You can also feel them. That accidentally out. became a good metaphor by the yeah. end. <laughs> Let's acknowledge that one. You can also feel out when they're about to use a curse word to sound radical and hardcore. It's so like you can hear them like gearing up to be like, I'm about to say the F word, guys. It's like a, a skateboarder on the lip of, of a, a half pipe. Just like, okay, is everyone watching? Is everyone? Because I don't freaking give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, circle back to the post office thing. The current postmaster general, DeJoy, who who this is what's causing everybody to flip out. Um, he's the first one who, who has never actually worked for the postal service to be postmaster general. He never like worked his way up. That's traditionally who you appoint. But there's a... Uh, that, I thought they used to just give away postmaster if you were like the dumbest hick in the electoral college. Not not the top spot. But so the board of governors that helps determine who gets to be postmaster general, that's all by appointees and Senate approval, right? The Senate approves every single one of those people. That is who uh, Obama was trying to stack with a bunch of pro-privatization people, which once Trump got in, they just did that. No Dem in the Senate tried to stop any of those people from being appointed. I think Bernie uh, saber-rattled once or twice, and that's about it, right? So at no point did the Dems stop any of this. And so when Trump put up DeJoy, the Board of Governors, which is all full of pro-privatization people, went like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And so that's how he got into power. It's funny that they just uh, packed the Postal Service with like corporate psychos and nobody had anything to say because at a similar point in time, uh, this is like my favorite little uh, Trump coup thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Radio Free Asia and the constellation of, you know, CIA-backed uh, Western propaganda networks that exists in yeah, you know, yeah. the Far East. Uh, they gutted the entire leadership and staff there of spooks and put in all, like, business wing psychos that were friends with Trump or, like, went to the same uh, massage parlor as the New England Patriot, <laughs> as Robert Kraft, right, down in Florida. Just loaded them up with business psychos, and all the spooks were like, this is unacceptable. A, they don't even know how to do propaganda. You were supposed to work your way up. And, and B, these are, uh, these are, this is taking jobs away from hardworking ghouls here in the CIA. <laughs> this is, we need to get a, a steady hand. And, like, they had a huge flame out that, that went nowhere, but they could not believe that you would just stuff the bench with, with money types instead of... Neocons. Yeah, Oxford neocolonial assassins. <laughs> yeah. But the Postal Service, everyone, bipartisan consensus on harm. We're going to privatize it, so it doesn't matter. It's not something important like Eastern propaganda. The <laughs> <laughs> um, joy got in in May. He's just been doing cut after cut after cut. He's been doing austerity within the Postal Service. But the stuff where I think it, it started to create even larger alarm amongst people who weren't parts of the media or just lower level in the party is they just straight up trashed massive mail sorting machines in a bunch of major urban centers. And those are the exact machines to help figure out where your ballots will go if you mail them in. There's no reason to get rid of those. Each of them are a few million dollars and they just dismantled and destroyed them. 
just two handshakes and it, it's a post office hitmen and anarcho primitives and it's just beating the shit out of machines for no apparent reason <laughs> retarding progress of of anybody around you he also uh cut off all overtime which means suddenly the mail slowed down a ton because they have to use overtime because they can't hire people really he's just taking advantage of a system that has already been broken by both parties and just pushing it that one last additional step over the edge uh, they also started removing a bunch of uh, post office boxes, which they've been doing for years. This is the thing. Some of the pictures floating around are from six years ago, right? They're like, oh, look at all these boxes that were removed and they're just stacked up. It's like, yeah, that that has been happening. So That's not is, a new thing. This is the same thing, uh, if I'm hearing you right. This is the same thing that they did with voting machines and ballot locations, which is, yeah, we'd rather not have to deal with this shit. So they just massively cut it down over the course of several years and nobody really paid attention or noticed because like there was prestige television to to watch and yep. then read the recap and then then argue about and then and read the deep dive on thursday and then we're almost back to hbo time baby and if you talked about it people considered you a crank nobody gave a shit about that in any actionable behavioral sense at least right. and that was the direct instruments of democracy themselves this is one step removed, and now we're supposed to expect someone to do something about it? Yeah. The this is so backwards. If the expectation weren't that we were going to have to do mail-in voting because of the pandemic, I don't think the Dems would do a fucking thing about Every this. Every Democrat is just like a little crawdad, and you put in the little uh, pellet of content. It starts dissolving immediately, but as it's doing that, it, it's eight or six little tiny legs are just all ripping it apart and feeding the little morsels into its mouth as it looks up at the surface, hoping for more. And this week, the morsel is uh, USPS. And, and, and last week, it was uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, not as tasty a morsel as I'm sure they were expecting, but fucking deal with it. Eat your pellet. And you know, the week before that, it was fucking... Joe Biden driving a Corvette. Joe Biden drove a Corvette. Yeah, he did a whole fucking interview series where it's just him driving his car. Well, you know what? They <laughs> the one that's worth like $300,000. That's why they say there's always jobs for engineers. The I'm sure the guy who was operating the RC controls of that bad boy from afar <laughs> made a pretty penny that day before being silenced by Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> the entire media class does seem genuinely alarmed by what's happening because I think they're capable of doing the logic one-to-one -one like, oh, yeah, this is... Like you could just straight up steal an entire election because now we've suddenly reached the point of precipice that we've all seen coming for years and years. But now that we're here, now is the time to freak out because now it's Trump purely because the person in charge is someone that we don't approve of. I mean, remember Bush straight up stole a fucking election. Like you and I lived in Florida at the time. He stole the fucking election. The Supreme Court decided who was going to be president, and Gore gave up. That is, that is a that, thing that occurred. That was a little bit on them, because I remember trying to, to vote in that election uh, in Broward County and getting confused personally by the butterfly ballot and fucking throwing it on the ground and grabbing all the ballots I could find and rushing out, throwing <laughs> them in a pit and then lighting them on fire while, chan while chanting, Ralph Nader, Ralph Nader. <laughs> and if they could have just designed the ballot a little bit easier, you know, that's their fault. But it's like, this is this is not the first time a president has stolen an election. This isn't the first time any candidate has stolen an election. Georgia, they've been doing just the most blatant election fuckery for the last few years. Brian Kemp straight up stole that last election that he won. 
Like it was obvious to every single person. There was even a point at which they they removed a bunch of ballots. They did a bunch of sketchy stuff, and uh, a judge requested the documentation and the hard drive with all that information. And so they wiped the hard drive and went like, whoops, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. And nothing came of that. This is not a, a particularly new thing. It's just that because it is far more blatant and because it's a person in charge that they personally hate, now it's it's risen to the level that we need to freak out about it. Everything you said was also true about the deployment of federal troops into U.S. cities yep. or the absolute insane... Uh, militiaman behavior of police officers around the country. I mean, we, we saw them. These same people were the ones going, the U.S. Constitution, good sir, and, and quoting bylaws at, at the cops that were just running people over, punching people in the head, fucking stealing their property, kicking them down, doing all the fucking Jade Helm shit that we're supposed to be afraid of. People on both sides came together to point at old documents and then fuck off and and do their 630 msnbc slot yeah like what nothing and 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 help nothing pass the financing happened. for more of that to happen they helped nothing fund happened at least here in new york from all of that all the people that were so concerned and said well this really is beyond the pale we're across the rubicon uh the only thing that happened was people that spoke up against the police uh had their neighborhoods discretionary funding in some cases a hundred percent Yep. pulled from them so and a lot of the protesters had the police show up to their houses to try to drag them away or are facing uh 10 to 20 uh moving through the justice system right now so if that was the response again to to troops in the streets going lawless i, I just i don't believe any liberals that they're going to do anything about the fucking postal service that stuff is what's driving me crazy because the house has been on recess for two weeks right we have an economic crash. There's a massive eviction crisis, and they've been on recess. They went on vacation. The Senate, as of last week, announced that they were also going to go on vacation. Again, no fucking solution for an eviction crisis that threatens something like a third of the country can't pay their rent or mortgage right now. As of Sunday, Pelosi said she's going to call the House back. They're going to get another full week first, so next week. She's going to call the House back to vote on forcing through uh, some new funding measures and some things stopping fuckery in the postal service, which means that you going homeless, right? Or the economy just collapsing utterly does not require the house to be in session to help you solve that problem. Fuck you. You'll figure it out. When the VA was being run by three fucking dudes out of Mar-a-Lago. I know everyone forgot about that. That did not require any additional passage of legislation. No, nothing was needed for that. The Voting Rights Act was basically gutted by the Supreme Court. They very easily, Congress could have passed a new version of that and said, well, now it applies to all 50 states. So your, your excuses about this being uh, targeted at only a few specific southern states uh, for something no longer necessary for something long past is no longer accurate. We passed a new law. It's for every state. It's just improving voting everywhere. They could have done that and they didn't. None of these things rose to the level of emergency sessions that we need to force legislation through. But the fucking Postal Service, yep, that's the one that we're going to fucking go to bat for. And it's so frustrating because there are so many things happening right now. And every one of the other crises currently affecting us is one in which they have either personally benefited or are, or are in charge. This is one of the few that because it's obfuscated that they helped create the situation in the first place, they feel like this is something that they can make political hay out of. And so now suddenly we should give a fuck about it. And yes, 
Save the fucking postal service. But Jesus Christ, maybe save people from going homeless too while you're there. Oh, and by the way, in case you're curious why it's going to take the house one full additional week to come back, it's because the DNC is running this week. Because they don't want to interrupt the dog and pony show of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris announcing their ticket to fucking do any work. So this thing is alarming enough to come back, but still not quite alarming enough to come back immediately. We got to first wait for our uh, news cycle that we're due for the DNC before we can do anything about the Postal Service. And that is why they're going to wait a full week. They don't want to posit an unsatisfying solution immediately beforehand. You know, like mm -hmm. you don't release the wet fart before your presentation. You do it after. <laughs> Unless you're really willing to commit to alpha business mindset. <laughs> In which case, high risk, high reward, I guess. But it's just like this is how the Dems do business. You know, it's like the lie is their expense. It's the scope of their desire. Uh, the party has now blessed Biden with its future, <laughs> and he will protect it with fire because he's the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, the noose and the rapist, the fields overseer, the agents of Orange and the priests of Hiroshima. That's the cost of my desire, so I'll sleep now in the fire. Borat, 2010. You know, I, all of a sudden they're concerned about voting suppression, but yeah, all the stuff that they've ignored up until now, the stuff that benefited Biden... Right. As far as like, oh, college campuses can't vote. It defaults to whoever has the most corporate power, which in the primary is the DNC. But it, it, in the general election, that is the Republicans. So I'm curious to see what the response will be from the Dems if they lose. Even while having an even larger popular vote margin, Buddy, assuming I, they do. I'm just a bard with a liar. I'm covered in shit, not because of the the denigrating aspect of of this particular moment in human history i've just i'm covered in shit still <laughs> that that's an alternate thing i'm strumming the lyre and i'm just you know hearing secondhand what the burgers and nobles are up to as they have their petite conflict over the the economic blood throne that is our empires yeah exactly i mean like i you and i have no ability to do anything about this we vote in new york our vote doesn't matter at all not voting for biden so yeah, I, I wouldn't vote for him regardless, but the votes are relevant. Because it's election season again, I'm seeing that the, the same increase I see every fucking election cycle where you have to blame places for not voting for your candidate, right? And the South always gets blamed. If you don't vote for a Democratic candidate, you're going to end up looking like West Virginia, stuff like that. I hate when the fuck, that is something that the Northern elites do a lot, which is just All the like, fucking they, time. they take glee in in pointing out that like, uh-huh, you want to, you want to, uh, refuse to do medicaid expansion well then you won't maybe we'll withhold our federal funding you know you're a taker state and it's like this from the party of empathy yeah exactly do not supposedly do, good guys do not riff about keeping the limited funding that is available to poor people in these states who have no power over government uh, as we've seen they're not able to vote they're barely able to fucking get the limited jobs that are there yep. there's no social services for them and then they're like well you know here in new york we make a lot of money so alabama get in line well you don't concern yourself with alabama yeah why don't you go fuck yourself i remember we were in new england the other day and you were like this just looks like the south if it had money yeah it was i've lived in god almost every region of the country now at this point and for everybody who doesn't live in the Northeast, you guys know this. When you go out of the city, right, it very quickly turns rural and every other part of the country. It's not that dense. And largely, it gets a little bit poorer. 
And that that's sort of the default for most of the country. Rural spaces largely have less resources and less infrastructure, uh, which also makes them more reliant on the fucking postal service, by the way. The postal service, part of the reason that they don't turn a massive profit is because they deliver to every single rural house in the country. No matter how far away it is or how hard it is to get to, they will still deliver mail there. It is not profitable to deliver mail to those places, but they do it because it's an essential fucking service. This idea of efficiency and privatization means that those people will get screwed even more. But until we drove around New England, I didn't realize how different the Northeast was. It ex immediately made me understand why everyone in the Northeast is such a condescending fucking asshole about this. Because when you drive around the Northeast, the rural regions are just filled with summer homes. It's just rich everywhere. Everywhere you go is wealthy. And you'll find, right, like all the poor have been shunted off into very specific locations. But it's not like the rest of the country where uh, the default amount of money lowers noticeably when you get out of the city. No, nah, not in New England. You can tell there has been money forever as you drive around New York and Connecticut. They are doing better than the city of Tampa. There's more money in like random rural regions in New York than all of Tampa had. I wonder where they got all that wealth. I mean, some of it's old money and a lot of it is just from, you know, when they utterly crushed the South and then made them a region completely dependent on Northeast industry and production to survive. We've created a situation in the South where it's, it's the it's a post-World War I Germany situation where you go, well, you guys did bad, so we crushed you. And now you are going to be economically crippled forever, for generation after generation. Expect a lower quality of life. And understandably, uh, the South is having a similar response, which is a lot of people are going fascist, and a lot of people are going socialist. Because why the fuck would you buy into this government that has clearly abandoned you. One of the things that I think is like overlooked when it comes to Southern socialism is the reason why it is growing so rapidly and why it feels like a lot of the Southern socialist groups have less bullshit bureaucratic fuckery than the Northeastern ones is because you have already been abandoned by the government. There's no delusion that things are good or that anybody's doing well. You know in your heart every single day that the things you see on TV are not for you. You are never allowed to have that. The people around you are never allowed to have that. All you get is horrors and oppression. Everyone you love is going to be abused. The military is going to come to your high school every day of the fucking week and recruit anyone they can to go to, to go into the military, be sent overseas to fight a war that was started by some fucking douchebag who has no relation to the end result of the horrors of that war. Every part of your community is going to get looted. They're going to let they're going to let the pharma companies come in and distribute opiates in mass because you guys are all desperate and miserable. I'm sure we can get you addicted to this shit real fast. And then when you start dying, they'll once again blame you for that. And at every step of the way, the government tells you it's your fault. Well, yeah, it's why the the Democratic Party is so useless at everything other than pushing our country right into fascism. If, if you're talking to someone down south and going like, you know what, we got things pretty much in hand. We've had one aberration, but we're going to put some slight tweaks to the capital gains tax, high frequency trading, and maybe the estate tax. We'll see. We're still thinking about funding Social Security or not. That is not persuasive to someone who already feels as if they've been abandoned. Yes. The argument like, oh, no, it's already completely fucked. And so that now we got to start thinking, well, if there's not enough to go around, who gets it? Like, that is such a, a primal reptilian and, and somehow closer reality uh, view of the world. 
when compared to the democratic one. Now, obviously there's more than enough to go around. We just need to redistribute the wealth, but that makes more inherent sense to a Southern person than Democrats going like, I don't understand why you can't just behave and learn the right words. I know you didn't go to college and you have only the basic cable package, but you have so many moral failings and I guess intellectual ones. If you can't see that our system is on the road towards success, exactly. It's like, no, it fucking isn't. It's terrible. That's why the socialist message actually tends to get through more because people are like, okay, shut the fuck up right now. Mr. Politics guy, jobs, healthcare. I I fucking need one. It'd be nice if I had both. Exactly. And socialists can at least go like, yeah, start with the healthcare one right why is it even tied to your boss yeah socialist is very easy to say like you're getting fucked and guess what the rich people are taking your money and everyone in the south is like well yeah that checks out a hundred years ago there were billboards in the south that said your your boss is a son of a bitch vote for me and it has always resonated southern people are so ready to be radicalized but no one ever fucking talks to them so but it well because because if your idea of socialism is a sort of cultural top down from like Brooklyn liberals who uh, got disillusioned with Ayn Rand and then, then <laughs> yeah. got really into the tax code and and now have made their way to a DSA meeting, then yeah, that brand of like, don't talk to me about capital if you haven't read Deleuze. Do you understand a body without organs? Like that person should be punched in the face. The, the, <laughs> the Southern socialists have it right. Absolutely. And I, I get so frustrated when I see things about like, why aren't they a more educated citizen? It's like, why the fuck would you be? Right? How? The, the people where the people talking to you on TV are obviously not interested. They they go out of their way to insult you every chance that they get. Okay, well, why the fuck would I listen to them? So the only people who do talk to you at all and treat you like a human being are telling you far right wing shit. Okay, yeah. You, so they're, you're, that's probably what you're going to live through. You're you're gonna you're gonna live in that medium. There's no civics education. Like I went to a relatively good school in Florida, and instead of having sociology class, we learned about the Bible the rhythm method and ghosts. We had <laughs> tests on all those things. Yep. And the teacher explained that the, the goddamn communists up in Tallahassee want you to, to know one thing, but here in this school, we teach the truth. And so we all performatively put our social, our state mandated sociology textbooks away and brought out the living with God books. <laughs> it's a real thing that happened in my Florida school. That's amazing. I yeah, didn't get so, that one. We never got civics though at all. Civics was just never taught once. Yeah. So who who are you? How do you educate yourself? You you go like I need to find out what's going on in government. This shit's fucked up, and there's no public libraries or anything because those are just they just attract the homeless. And who yep, wants to fund that? that down. We don't even fund the shelters. Why would we fund shelters by proxy through public libraries? It's all on the internet anyway. So people go on the internet. And then the algorithm immediately sends them to Ben Shapiro world. We're just like, I don't know if this guy's uh, selling old timey tonics or <laughs> the rise of fascism, but he talks quick enough that I guess I got to go. And YouTube says that, you know, this stuff's popular. So I'll give and it a And all shot. his content is designed around making fun of the people who treat me like shit. Regardless of how socialist I am, I fundamentally agree that Northeasterners are condescending fucking assholes every step of the way. That's one where, like, I have always managed to get along with the right wing on. Because, yeah, you're right. They are condescending assholes that treat us like shit and, like, we're inhuman because we happen to be born in a poor-ass fucking area. Good. Well, fuck them, too. I'm with you on that one. I don't know if it's everybody from the Northeast. I would say there's a certain sort of, like, college-educated, elitish 
uh, liberals, which is like, if you buy the argument that college doesn't really prepare you for jobs, it doesn't seem like it does in most of the non-hard science cases, you're essentially just there to launder your privilege and like become more uh, awakened to the realities of the world and social justice and, and how, you know, there, there's been good and bad that happened historically, but to keep a, a, a level head and use the right words and mix in petite bourgeois society, oh. right? If that is what college gives you, then it's like a cop with a gun, right? Yeah. Now that I have this, I want to pull the trigger on some people. And in both cases, it turns out poor Southerners are a great target. Yep. It's also like, you're in the South. How, how many fucking Northeasterners are you going to interact with besides the people on TV? And the answer is basically none. So yeah, don't, we don't interact with the Northeast besides what's fucking on TV, which is largely you making us out to be uh, a great place for horror movies. I'm not arguing with that one. Or just country bumpkins that constantly ruin the country by voting in a way that you don't approve of. No shit. I think the section of the New York Times that has the most Southern coverage, and it's not even close, food. That's, that's the, <laughs> it, 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 it's always the version of Southern food that ignores the bit where it, it's all been created by slaves. Yeah. It, it, it's a pixie cut white woman with her, her arms crossed over a, a pie and it's just like a new twist on an old Southern favorite. And it's just someone buying slightly more expensive preserves to put in their <laughs> yeah, exactly. mass-produced pie. Uh, ele elevating your cooking by just adding more expensive ingredients. Make it less reminiscent of slavery <laughs> by adding an additional bit of cinnamon. That is the one. That is the one time white people are ready to use spices is, is when it's elevating a dish that would otherwise remind them of chattel slavery. <laughs> <laughs> The South being abandoned is something I think to keep in mind. One, when people want to yell about someone having been in the military, yeah, that's the only fucking job. So I, I, I am also sorry that they didn't imperialism because they were groomed from the age of 16 on or because in their entire community, the only way to make money and possibly take care of the people you love is to go be pushed into the meat grinder by the fucking imperialism factory. People just have to get over that. Uh, all the people making those critiques now, uh, a big chunk of them at the age of 16 to 19, we're reading Ayn Rand and seeing themselves as some sort of hyper-intellectual APIB Uberman. You got to get past that. but it, it, that's Yeah, get over it. When you're that age, you don't make brilliant, life-affirming decisions. When I was 18, I wanted to be in my chemical romance, but not everybody <laughs> is me. Not everybody has my forethought. <laughs> some people make bad decisions, like joining the military. <laughs> uh, but the abandonment is also something to keep in mind when you see the rates of possible evictions state by state. CNBC had a great chart on this. In all of the top states, uh, we're in the South, right? The only other places that got close was New York, which fucking New York City. That's what's driving that one. But it's all the South. West Virginia was almost at like 50% haven't paid rent and we're on the verge of going homeless. Like you don't, you don't reach that level this quickly unless there was nothing there to begin with, right? It's just utter desolation across the board. This, by the way, doesn't mean that the Republicans aren't fucking over the South. They constantly are. But they're also the only ones who bother to talk to them, right? The, the, the South is aware that the Republicans are not on their side. There's a reason they are happy to vote for Trump, because he's a guy who gleefully pisses off all the people who ruin their lives. And if that's all you have, and we are spiteful people, I'm not going to lie. If that's all you have, that's what you're going to fucking take. It's also what we could send them as socialists, because their bosses are ruining their lives, too. Yes. Yep. Yep. They, they would 
gladly accept that level of spite. Just like it's not a hard pitch to be like, yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, you could you could vote as much as you want. You know, it doesn't really change anything. It's still the same boss in charge. I'll tell you what, I like to punch my boss in the face, that, that goddamn son of a bitch. I'll tell you what, all you can really do at the end of the day is take care of you and yours. Make sure that, you know, people around you are taken care of and, and hopefully move forward together, you know. What can you do? It's like, yeah, buddy, I'm. that's that's basically <laughs> Marx, I think. <laughs> that's basically Mao, I think. You're further along the path than most liberals, yes. <laughs> Everything with COVID and, and Congress being unable to pass additional stimulus fucks the South even harder. But we're going to blame them for their voting choices. Like, no, they're making a rational choice based off of the system that they're living in. I'm not saying it's the right choice, but they're making a fucking rational one. If I had no ideology whatsoever uh, and I was just voting based on who, like, I, I just decided I was going to vote based on, you know, how am I doing every four years? Uh, Biden is the reason I have a student loan garnishment. Trump has now deferred that garnishment uh, through the end of the year. So Trump just gave me essentially a 20% raise uh, that the Dems were fighting, I yep. guess. Uh, he also mailed me, what, like $1,500, which allowed me to pay rent. I uh, would be real fucked without those Trump bucks. And then he did an executive order to make sure he kept getting unemployment when Congress couldn't pass anything. And yeah. the only states that are really seeing that additional money are red states because he's going out of his way to take care of them. I mean, like that, is, like what I'm describing is fascism, right? You take care of your group of supporters and that's it. But yeah, why, why wouldn't they respond if those are their incentives? They're going to respond the way you'd expect. CNN poll in 15 battleground states currently has Biden 49%, Trump 48%. Yeah. And with vote suppression, that means Trump wins. That's, that's what that means. Uh, but yeah, I, I still think right now, Biden is more likely to win just because the entire country's collapsing. So you're going to go for the other guy. Biden has the media. Biden has uh, Wall Street. Wall Street went nuts for that Kamala pick. Oh, they loved her. He has the defense industry. Like you said, the, these uh, Lockheeds and McGrummans and Northrop's, they need to fucking shoot off some missiles. And Biden is the one doing the credible saber rattling, whereas Trump has a little bit of the like, nativist eh, fuck what's going on over there why are we spending any money in usaid uh like far right wing talking points yep which by the way right but for the wrong reason uh humanitarian aid when it's actually humanitarian seems good but half of that aid is just cia cia shit yeah cia kites with the amount of voter suppression the dims have just allowed to pass it means that they are going to lose a bunch of races up and down the ticket that they wouldn't have normally lost it's so like, yeah, maybe Biden gets in there, but your chances of winning the Senate don't look great because a lot of those seats aren't going to be won thanks to voting suppression, the thing that you refuse to do anything about. And on top of that, I do think this always needs to be said because this is starting to drive me crazy, the, the fucking 538 type of wonks who obsess over polls. Uh, for the listener, uh, Theater of the Mind, he did a uh, jacking off motion with his hand. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Every single prediction is based off of voting patterns in which there's not a fucking pandemic. So how people are going to actually vote during a pandemic, no one knows. So there is a level of unpredictability in this one that no fucking pundit is going to acknowledge. Anybody that has 538 set as their homepage should have to wear a helmet when they go outside. <laughs> I'm not joking. They really should. They are not, they can't make executive decisions anymore. They can't incorporate new information. They just are fucking 
staring at the chimney because they heard Santa comes down sometimes. It's they're they're not people is the, what I'm trying to say. The problem with making numbers your gospel, everyone has an incentive to change the numbers to make themselves look better. Every single level of power, everybody has an incentive to create little tweaks. And the cascade of that is that the data is garbage and you're making predictions based off of garbage fucking inputs. I think they think that they're pulling it off. I they think, do. I think they're like the statistician version of a fedora guy where like in their mind, they're just like, you know, I, I used to be into, uh, I used to be addicted to Sudoku, but then bullies kept smacking the book out of my hands on the subway <laughs> and calling me a loser. Well, guess what? Now I'm in this other arcane imaginary number move around thing called uh, polling. And I, my homepage is 538. And now when I talk about a bunch of bullshit that doesn't make sense and you don't understand, you have to look at me like I'm a thought leader and I'm more plugged in than you. Exactly. But they really think it's working. Like the Fedora guy, they step out going like, uh oh, hot shit coming through. And everyone's just <laughs> like, absolutely not, but not worth the time I can yeah, spend exactly. correcting them. I'm just going to see how long this lasts. And hopefully something will knock them off their course. And 2016 didn't. The pandemic didn't. If I you, can't believe 2016 didn't. If you are still following 538, you are absolutely fedora guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a political fedora guy. And there is a lot of stiff competition in the political fedora guy arena. But you <laughs> have definitely got to be a favorite. <laughs> Once again, statistics should be the only math that really needs to be taught outside of algebra in high school. You don't need all the rest of those. They're fucking irrelevant. Statistics, though, desperately needed because... It doesn't matter how good your methodology is if the underlying assumptions are dog shit. The assumption here being we can model voting behavior based off of what has happened in the past, even though we are in an entirely different situation and context right now. Uh, so we've talked about before how like it seems as if people are fleeing New York, right? There's been a few articles about it. There is an interesting overview of all the cities. Like, hey, how are cities in general doing or, or other major cities dealing with this? Uh, San Francisco has a 100% increase in the amount of houses on sale. That means that everyone is trying to leave at the exact same fucking time. Uh, a bunch of the big tech companies have said, like, we're trying to get people out forever. Twitter has moved to, for all that, like, they're the devil, which they are. Devil can be good sometimes. That's true. In the By the way, that's something people overlook in the Bible. Devil as a character makes no sense as anything other than comic relief. <laughs> he'll just like pop up sometimes to like possess a pig and then run off a cliff because <laughs> someone was mean to a bald man that's a real story um he'll just show up in the desert and, and just hang out with jesus riffing with him for a while <laughs> just trying to get him to to fuck or say a bad word he just he's around He's having a good time he's relatable you go up to heaven and it's all fucking thousand-eyed seraphs just burning your face off and then the devil really just seems to turn into a snake and look at some titties and then now i can't look at the titties anymore <laughs> yeah every once in a while he does something sort of relatable and that's twitter they're basically leaving san francisco i mean i i kind of agree with uh dorsey on this one it is ridiculous to be an internet company that is requires everyone to live in a specific city which is the situation they had and so he said like yeah i've been trying to figure out a way to decentralize, right? To have it so there's very few people actually on location. Pandemic gave me the excuse. So we're moving to almost purely work from home for everybody. Very few people will ever have to come into San Francisco. 
on top of that, Facebook has said something similar. We're going to try to cut in half. Did Facebook of people. just build like a, a brand new mega campus panopticon looking thing? Yeah, they they I think they bought out Sun Microsystems campus and then they left up a lot of the old logos, like living in the dying wreckage of a previous tech company for some bullshit idea that you're going to learn something from their failures. But I think they've they've even managed to outgrow their own physical facilities because they have so many fucking employees now. Uh, and they're all in one location for the most part. So this isn't all like them trying to do good things. This is them recognizing that like, oh, we've been forced to try work from home, right? So I didn't have to justify it to investors. I can prove now we're just as productive. And in fact, the tech companies all posted record profits. Yeah, what fucking cross in-person cross-pollination of, of brilliant synergies and ideas was really happening at fucking Google campuses? I know they have like Google X. It's where we we're free to brainstorm. What? Oh, what if the Google Home will will run sentiment analysis on your words so it can advertise blue chew to you once it knows you're depressed? You don't need a <laughs> you don't need a fucking cross-pollinating campus for that. You can just see who's listening to your podcast and post it in Discord with an affiliate link. <laughs> but so as a result of all this, the major companies in San Francisco are stating our people are not coming back and which ones are coming back, we're going to try to reduce even more all the housing is up for sale because there's really no other reason for those people to stay in San Francisco because San Francisco has been stocked up with people who moved there specifically for work, right? There's not even any of the New York stuff where like you move there for the vibe and the charm. No, the tech workers ruin the vibe and charm of San Francisco. That's all dead. Like there's none of that left. You moved there for the job. There's no other fucking reason to be there besides the job. So a hundred percent increase in the housing stock is yeah, that city's fucked. Yeah, but once all, once that job and industry leaves, there'll be lots of housing available for us and the other carcass-seeking hyenas who will <laughs> have no economic means of supporting ourselves should we go there. I mean, that's optimistic. That requires the people who own the housing to actually drop the prices, which we'll see. I mean, the people selling right now, yeah, that'll drop a little bit. But or as some of the business press have finally bothered to note, what is happening is the crisis of affordability in most of these big cities where like it already wasn't affordable for people. It was already a crisis situation. COVID has now broken that. It's given you the excuse you needed to not have to fucking live in a place you cannot afford any longer. That is the fate of America. It's just like endless commercial real estate as everyone's homeless and just dying on the street. There's going to be some bipedal crustacean just walking through the the endless uh commercial office plazas <laughs> looking out the blown out windows at, at all the bones below and just going like why didn't they just come in here to to shelter from the storm and then some other crustacean will click at them it's like well dumbass most people believe that these interiors were holy sites where people could not enter. And it's like, yeah, you're halfway there, crustacean man. <laughs> that is sort of where this is going. Exactly. It's uh, just looking. It's so funny uh, looking at the New York skyline and just like it, half of it is just dark because they were all just pied-a-tears and, and, and fucking office plazas. And no yeah, exactly. In. I sometimes think like, okay, if I was one of these mega money people and all I cared about was myself. Like what would be my read on this? And yeah, get, get the fuck out of the cities. Cause there's not going to be a solution to the problems cities are facing right now until there's a solution to this COVID thing. 
Yep. And this is just going to be endemic now. I do not believe under any circumstances they'll be shutting down anything ever again. I think they've taken a calculated gamble and gone, okay, our way of life is essentially over if we address this thing head on with where we currently are, right? If we start giving people UBI, we're sending out checks, we realize that we're never going to get to a point where we have an acceptable amount of employment if we're tying healthcare to employment. So we got to fix the social safety net. There's a lot of things that all of our donors have been fighting against for the last fucking 50 years that that's the only solution going forward to take this head on. And we can't do that. So it's just going to become one of those sad background elements, right? Like, like homelessness. You know, if you drive around, you see homeless people. For the most part, it doesn't bother you. Maybe someone has a story of a, home, a crazy homeless person, huh? And you mm-hmm. tell it and sort of laugh, and that's that. Now that you know, we have more facts about who this affects disproportionately, uh, and it being people of color, people that don't have money, you can start to do the Greek austerity argument. During the last collapse of the Greek economy, there was no talk to like the systemic effects that precipitated it oh, and no. why austerity is absolutely not the correct measure. They just did racism. They yeah. went, you know how those Greeks are? Fucking oily, hairy, shirt off, fucking baking in the sun. They don't want to work. You know how it is. You don't think that they're going to be able to import that here when it's all black people and poor people being disproportionately affected. And they did all that because the banks wanted to make sure they got their margin off of giving loans to the economy, to the Greek government to fix the economy, right? Because the other alternative was that the banks just don't get their money back. And they were like, well, that's unacceptable. So racist it up. When you look in the Washington Post and they're, they're dredging up the idea of white identity as a meaningful block, yeah. simultaneous with a, a populace that doesn't even really seem to be in agreement over is it cool to use racial slurs and which ones or uh, is grappling with our American history of chattel slavery a good thing or a bad thing to do when that is what's up for debate if you pitch a, a nice bootstrappy Calvinist well maybe they deserve it a message to overwhelmingly white audiences mm-hmm. i think it's going to be very easy for the right to keep doing what it's doing and never look back and democrats being the handmaidens of this sort of thing who also will not offer a solution that gets at people's real material needs because of the reasons just mentioned because yep. of their base just get used to it buy more vitamins from joe rogan <laughs> fucking get some more rose quartz infused goop bottles figure it out because, you know, it, it, it's going to be individual accountability is how we're going to deal with this COVID thing. Yeah, right. That is how both parties, that's how every person in power has dealt with climate change for a while. Like, well, if you just recycled more, if you just got an electric car, if you personally just did better, ignore the fact that 80% of pollutants and anything creating greater climate change is coming from a small handful of corporations and the wealthy please ignore that. It is you. If you personally bother to improve yourself, then perhaps we wouldn't have climate change. And it's horseshit because it's a, it requires a collective response. And uh, we're sort of seeing the the outcomes of that. They actually just came out today and said the Greenland ice shelf, the one where if it all melts, sea levels rise, they're like, oh, it's, a, it's past the point of no return. 
even if we stop climate change totally dead tomorrow, it'll keep melting at ever increasing rates. <laughs> I mean, the positive news out of that is assuming the fascist police uh, run by either. <laughs> Assuming the uh, the the police or homelessness or uh, lack of health care doesn't kill me, I will live to see Florida go underwater. This is the harmonica part. <laughs> I can't wait till Florida goes under. I'm going to get scuba certified. I'm going to go down to South Beach. I'm going to go through the wreckage, and I'm going to find all the saline tits that were left abandoned. <laughs> and then I'm going to sell them to billionaires for their IVs when they're on their mega COVID treatments. <laughs> I hope that the, the myth of Atlantis outlives us so that the future cr crustacean society, they've heard of Atlantis, but not America as God intended. <laughs> and then they discover Florida like, you know, crabby Ponce de Leon, and there's just like a, a reef in the shape of a Margaritaville, and they're just like, "This is Atlantis. This place sucks." <laughs> Dog shit. I mean, the downside is the villages is in the center of the states. So it'll take the longest to go under. South Florida is just like so. You you look down from the surface of the water, two hundred feet up, and it's just like now instead of plastic surgeons, it's hermit crabs just going from one premium apartment complex to the next all on millionaire mile <laughs> and one lonely obelisk stands like ozymandias in, in the center of biscayne bay and that's the monument to the place where alonzo morning fucked madonna <laughs> <laughs> back in 2005 i put that there it, it's modern actually <laughs> <laughs> on the west coast you can finally go inside the uh the Scientologist main church, because that one's in Clearwater, so that one's definitely going under. I'll be honest, if Elron Hubbard is down there, Cthulhu-like, I'm going to convert. His, <laughs> I'll be surprised, but he wins. If he is just a man of 8,000 tentacles and just his maw ever gaping <laughs> as, it, as it grazes through just unseen phytoplankton and then eventually my corporal form, yeah, okay, Elron, you win this round. Sorry it took me this long to discover it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just a sequence from Cowboy Bebop where they're diving underwater, except instead of trying to find an old VHS, they're just trying to find the fucking emitter to test for the Dianetics to see whether or not you're a true Scientologist. He just makes you grab the other end of two electric eels, and he's like, aha, as I expected, you hate your dad. <laughs> just It's just the scene of from the master, and he's just like, what's your name? Do not blink. How did you get in here? Are starfish people? Have you ever <laughs> masturbated to a starfish? Reset. What is your name? <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Brett Rinalos Board. That was Rob at Dumb and Awful. The show account is at Dumb Awful Show. Uh, we do bonus episodes that you can find on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com backslash dumb and A and D awful. And as always, you can hop in the Discord. Come chat with us. There are links to both Patreon and the Discord in the show notes. And if you like, you could also write us a review on iTunes. But stay safe. Try to keep yourself sane. Uh, it's going to be a, a brutal week of DNC bullshit. So do what you can to keep your mental health in check. And have a good one, y'all.